What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of From Here It's Podcast. We've got some pretty big basketball games to discuss. Um, just swept Baylor and uh, have a trip to Austin this weekend. We also get into a little bit of uh, football talk, uh, recruiting-wise and uh, Zach Kitley-wise. Uh, it's kind of a kind of all over the place, but uh, here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. They're the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts can help find the best mortgage solution for you. They can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. They have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process online and it's easy and, and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. They can be reached at Raider at primeres.com through the website at www.lendingwithpassion.com or by phone at 214-736-9466. So get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. All right, we are back from a, a week hiatus. Hunter was in the Cayman Islands, so we took the week off last week. Um, but we do have a heck of a basketball game to talk about. I think we'll just we'll skip those other ones. I mean, what we won, I think. Yeah, we won them. No, that's not true. We missed that Oklahoma debacle, so that's probably for the best. Um, but I did not even let you talk. How are you, Hunter? How was you? Look nice and tan. Look good. Yeah. Oh, I wish I was in a Cayman Islands. Yeah. No, I'm glad we missed last week because I was uh, doing some Super Bowl prop betting. Yeah. You, the, you, sent me the sh- time. you sent me the sheet. I should say sheets. Yeah. But it looked, there was a lot more green than red on there. So I think, Yeah, it did good. The yeah, Super Bowl is like an interesting uh, – it's like a once-a-year thing where there's so many different props that are up in the – in my opinion, at least, it's like the one time where the book is actually trying to get even money on both sides. Right. And so it can lead to some like just bad lines and they don't care because there's so much action um, that people are putting up that, uh, you know, they can make money just by the sheer amount of volume you know, on the bets. You got a dog going on back there? Yes. My, I, my wife is not here. And whenever my wife is not here, the dog is on high alert. So gotcha. I, if I, if I, if I mute, you know why? So, okay. Uh, well, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Super Bowl props, bet unders for the most part, a lot of them hit, um, needed Cooper cup to win the MVP, which he did really just anybody, but Aaron Donald, which was, I was sweating a little bit. Maybe, I kind of thought I he should have. Yeah, I think so. Well, isn't it like the the votes have to be like it's like we're in the seventies. The votes have to be cast by like midway, like the beginning of the fourth or something. But I think if it if they would have had to have been cast after the game, he might have won it. Yeah, it's just tough for a defensive player to win it. But what was weird is you know, Cup. I had a lot of his unders, and they those hit. So like, right. you yeah. know, he went, all of his props went under, but yet he, he wins the MVP. It's kind of odd. But uh, anyways, yeah. So we lose to Oklahoma. They make every shot. 
in the world. Um, do you, we left them open a lot. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Like, is it a, like, they just outperform, which they did outperform expectation some, but it also just, I, I, found, I found it weird that Mark Adams didn't just say like, hey, I can't even remember the guy's name now. Um, Gibson. Yeah, yeah. It's like, how about we just take him out? Like, just oh, yeah, Clarence face guard him. Like, he he said something about it that made sense to me. We and we did the, I think the first possession where we face guarded him or we fouled him shooting a three, and then we tried it a little bit later, and they it, we were like breaking down elsewhere. And Adam said. Because we've done it before, I guess, with Agbaji at Kansas. Yeah. And Shannon did a pretty good job, like, yeah. for like and five or six was, possessions. What he was saying is, you know, like when it's a tight game or when we're winning, you can kind of – you can do that defensively. Uh, but when you're chasing points, you, it's tough to chase points and do something defensively that's going to allow you to break down easily, you know, yeah. at the same time. And so we were – yeah, that, that was the first time we were down in a game. And – kind of getting out of our normal defense to face guard this guy and uh, didn't work. But I went back and looked at him. We were leaving him open and he was making shots and we were also def- defending and, and closing out on him and he was making shots. Right. Just one so of the games. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And they're, they're not bad. I mean, that's the thing. It's like when you look at like that Harkless guy is really good. Yeah. And Gibson was shooting out of his mind. And they've got, you know, a couple other guys too. I mean, they're they're not a bad team. They beat Arkansas by like 25 points. Yeah. They've played Kansas like super, super tough two times. Um, played Baylor really close. Yeah, they're just not a bad team. And I guess like it's like a cliche at this point, like how good the Big 12 is. And, you know, there's no off nights. You know, Iowa State being ninth in the conference and having like an incredible quad one um, record and all that. But I mean, you watch a game like that and it it's not a cliche. Like it's like this team, like this Oklahoma team could beat just about anyone. And yet like they're a bad big 12 team, you know, bad in quotation marks. Yeah. Especially at their place when they're shooting lights out and we had no shows. Right. I mean, right. I, I don't have that. I guess I could pull it up, but we didn't play very well. Too. Yeah, it doesn't seem like we ever play well up there. And I don't know, like, I know that arena is weird, and it's like it was very empty. Like, I don't know. It's just a weird environment, which is not an excuse. It just seems like <laughs> things. It, like, was a, it was a rare Bryson no-show. Yes, I do is, remember that, yeah. And and that was, a you know, we they were doubling him, and we weren't, you know, he was kind of turning it over uncharacteristically and uh, – you know, our shooting woes kind of reared their head in that game. But uh, yeah, I, I actually wanted to ask you. So your post on Red Air Sports today about how we would finish with our best offensive rating. And I don't even remember how many years. Um, but a few uh, weeks ago, you said that like we were on pace to have like the worst Big 12 shooting percentage ever. Which I think where well, we've. I don't think we are anymore. We're close. Okay. That's why I want to – like, that's just a wild – like, that's yeah. wild that those two things can both be true. It is. And it's like – maybe there needs to be, like, a distinction between, like, offense where you think about Gonzaga in the half court and, like, how hard they are to guard against, yeah. like, a set defense. And then the what most – what I think of offense is, which is just, like, scoring points. Right. Because – uh, if it against a set defense, that's really, really good, which most of the defenses in the big 12 are really good. So if they're set up and we're set up, 
we don't have that great of an offense. But when you but you can't just not count for uh, transition and us scoring on offensive rebounds. Right, like the us, points all count the same. Yeah, and so when you, if you add all those little things in, and plus uh, we are, I mean, I don't know what it is about us. I mean, I think I know. Um, we're almost impossible to guard without fouling. Hmm. And so we generate a ton of free throws. And I think <clears throat> so just from the optics of it, uh, it doesn't look pretty to when Shannon plows into somebody and gets called, they call for a foul and he goes and shoots two free throws. When you compare that to, you know, Gonzaga or Kansas running this awesome set and scoring, yeah. you know, that lo- it looks cool and that looks like great offense. And then you watch tech and there's a, you know, Clarence like pushes four people down the ball, like <laughs> squibbles out and Terrence picks it up and makes an open three. Right. You know, now that that's not happening. He makes a layup. <laughs> right. Uh, so, but, you know, we are, I mean, the free throw rate is just insane. What, what we're doing, uh, we're getting the, we're, you know, our free throw rate is like a, a standard deviation ahead of the next closest team. Well, and, and the way college basketball is, you would almost rather rely on a free throw rate than you would a good offense. <laughs> I mean, there's gotta be something to our, us running good offense. That's, doing that i think a lot of it though is often is offensive rebounds you know when you get an offensive rebound you're the likelihood of getting fouled goes up uh when you're in transition the likelihood of getting fouled goes up you know we the, the closer you are to the basket the higher chance you have of getting fouled and sh- yeah. shooting free throws and we do so much around the basket you know we just don't rely on um stuff in the perimeter but uh so yeah it's it's hard for me to kind of like just accept all the criticism of our offense when it's like uh, well i mean uh, to since 2003, if the season ended today, this would be the third best offense we've had. Right. And, and, oh, that's what it was. Yeah. That and was one of those is, was the final four team, which was like an incredible offense. Yeah. The yeah. second one was the 2020 year where we shot like 45% from three, you know, yeah. Jemias and, and all of them. So, I mean, I, I, I get it. Like if they're set up, if the other team is set up and it's Baylor and they have a top five defense or it's Texas and they have a top five defense and they're, they have their half court defense set. We're in a bit of trouble. Yeah. Like a lot of teams would be, uh, but you know, we can still kind of figure out a way to manufacture uh, points. And, but the what's, I guess what I like about it is, is if you just so happen to shoot well and, and you're doing these other things at the same time, that's when you are, you know, just nearly impossible to beat. And uh, we've haven't really, you know, I guess really have only seen it a couple times this year, uh, but we ended up shooting. Okay. Last night. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I was just looking at it. Like, I don't think I would have guessed we shot 33% from three. It Which felt is... worse than that. I mean, I say that it felt about that. Now that I think about it, the second half, you know, uh, with O'Banner, um, but Baylor only shot 30, 37, 38, you know, yeah, and a lot of those were late. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I mean, they're, the, the 80%, like if, if we can continue to draw fouls at the rate that we've been drawing fouls and then shoot, free throws at the rate that was shot last night, that's a different ball game to me. Like if you're going to shoot 80% from the line, there's some good things happening. Yeah. Yeah. And we're making more than they're attempting. Um, and yeah. And it's just like almost every night, it seems like, and especially at home, you know, we're, we, we get whistles. It seems like at home. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we're chanting refs, you suck. So, I mean, what are they going to do? Like they have to call fouls. That's right. <laughs> And that what the Baylor guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's the secret to getting calls. So, um, I mean, it certainly helps. I mean, it, it can't hurt. 
like you, you think about we have, there's 15,000 people they're screaming like crazy we can't make jump shots so we're just plowing into people and driving at the basket and just yeah. trying to put it on the rim and get offensive rebounds i mean it, it's not a crazy thing that we get a lot of whistles yeah playing that way and and i mean like i criticize refs like that's one of my favorite hobbies and um but i do think tech is hard to officiate because of what you just said i mean like tech is forcing them to make a call like every time on both ends of the court a lot of times like the physicality on the way on offense and defense um and i mean at home i think i think adams you know he does a good job he's not berating officials and he's kind of joking around with them. Yeah. I mean, he's never yelling at refs. No, he's I, never yelling at anybody or anything. I think, I think that – I think we get some calls. I think he's a likable coach. Isn't it funny he's, how uh, – I was thinking about this last night. Like, one of the biggest criticisms of Cliff was how, like, stoic he was on the sideline. And yet – and, like, was just, like, raked over the coals for it. But because we were losing <laughs> and Adams is winning with the same demeanor. And it's like, look, at the, I mean, this is just a model of a coach. Like yeah. that's like, it's just funny to me. Like it's, I mean, we, it's not like we did nothing. We didn't know, but uh, results matter, I guess. Uh, but anyway, that was a, a little distracting. Um, you know, the, the thing that, and we talked about it last night and a little bit before we hit record, the differences in the first halves of the two games against Baylor and the second halves, is substantial and then i don't and like and i don't know and i don't think it's certain adjustments that were made like i do think there are little tweaks like that kick out pass to the opposite corner three from the drive it seemed like those were covered more in the second half than they were in the first half um and, and you know you ran a little bit different things offensively but you also just played a lot better in the second halves of both those games. And I don't really, and I don't, I don't know if that you can attribute to that to what we were just talking about, where it's hard to play against us and it wears you down. Yeah. We saw a lot of guys, I think, so in both the Baylor games, the one in Waco and then the one last night in the first, seems like the first, first 10 minutes of those games, they were just making a ton of shots and then it didn't continue the rest of the game. So that was probably the, the biggest factor. Yeah. And then um, they don't have, they're not as deep as us. And then, like you said, it seemed like we were the pass to the corner when if, when they would get into the middle and then throw it to a guy in the corner, we were suddenly intercepting that. Yeah, like, like pretty much every time. Yeah, uh, their coach. And, that's like as mad as I've seen their coaching staff was. <laughs> they had like two or three of those in a row, and they were just losing it. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's you know, it's tough to play against us because I think you you drill and you kind of scout like this is how we beat Tech, and and so you. Um, have it in your mind that you're going to make a certain pass and it, it's there for the first 10 minutes. And then suddenly it's not there ever, mm-hmm. you know, and it's hard to like re- make an adjustment. And it's like, you know, we're kind of mirror images of each other schematically. So we see, you know, that defense and uh, we know how, you know, how to beat it. it it's like, we, we just kind of knew what they were going to do almost before they were going to do it. Yeah. Uh, but, and then for us offensively, it seemed like to me, this that dribble weave that we started doing a yes. lot in the second yes. half. Yeah, I don't know this, you know, for a fact, but I'm pretty sure Adams just took Bill Self's game plan against our defense and just copied it. And like that's what they do to us. They run yeah. that dribble weave over and over again with Braun and Agbaji, mm-hmm. and that's what we did. And then you know Baylor's just these—they have these small guards. They're really, really good. But 
if there's any kind of angle whatsoever, when you have Warren and Arms and Shannon and Clarence, Clark, Clarence, Clarence had a handle one. Clarence is, is physical. If we have any angle at the basket, it's just really hard for them to to defend it without yeah. fouling. Yeah, it, that was a, a really smart adjustment because it took two or three of those weave weaving kind of handoff passes, but it definitely opened up an angle to the basket. And then that's how O'Banner was getting those open looks and, he, and everything kind of snowballed once that was started. And I, it was awesome to see O'Banner. Like he's the type of guy, like you just want to shoot. Like even if he's shooting 10%, like keep shooting. And I think it paid off in the Texas game and it absolutely paid off last night. I mean, that was, I think we, we expected games like those when he transferred here but we haven't really seen them. And so I was pretty surprised at that second half. And maybe I'm dumb for being surprised, but just based off the way he had been playing and off that first half, that's about as surprising like of a dominant half as I've seen in a while. For sure. And it, and the thing about him is what's just surprised me is how he's impacted games uh, without making shots. And so it's kind of like our team as a whole, um, when we are making shots and then we're doing all those other, these other little things, it's uh, unstoppable. And then with O'Banner, when he is making shots and he's still getting rebounds and getting trash buckets and posting guys up, then he scores 20 points and a half. His and rebounding. Did you have any idea about this rebounding? I didn't. I, I, cause I didn't think he was that good of an athlete, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not that. sure that he is. It's, <laughs> it's just, just like, he knows where to be. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and, yeah, I mean, I think there's scram- people were an easy team for an individual to offensive rebound because we attack the basket just every single play, every possession. And so people are scrambling to kind of sh- block shots or to help off of guys to stop Shannon or whoever. And so there's some kind of some lanes that are created, um, you know, or like when Bryson is posting somebody up, I mean, there's like four guys standing around him trying to stop him. And so when he shoots it, and the ball goes off the rim, it's hard for those four guys to box out their man because they're they're away from them. Uh, but that doesn't take anything away from a banner because he's, you know, he's bigger, I think, um, than probably we give him credit for. Just yes. he's like 240 pounds. Yeah. And he's like six foot eight. Uh, and so he's older. I mean, like Kendall Brown, Kendall, yeah, Kendall Brown, they're, they're Baylor's really, really, really good freshman. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's probably going to play in the NBA, but he's just like, he can't box out O'Banner. Yeah. I mean, and, and yeah, Scott Drew jokingly said our average age is 42 years old. And it was in response to a, a question about O'Banner. I think he's just kind of like, okay, I mean, uh, I've got these freshmen um, who are going to play in the NBA, but can they right now box out a 24 year old uh, that the tech has? I mean, we have right. multiple of them. Uh, but back to O'Banner, I mean, so I point this is tech's single season leaders in points per jump shot since 2008. And right now O'Banner is seventh and he's behind guys that uh, number one, I think he's had more impressive seasons than like Zaire Smith or Tariq Owens who were just shooting a bunch of lobs or Moretti and Voskel who were shooting like 50% from three from a shorter three and he's behind Bryson. And so, I mean, he isn't made, he hasn't made a ton of shots and yet he's been that good still. Yeah. That's the thing that's crazy is you say that in, I think we've been pretty critical of him, but like rightfully so. Like he, I, he, he, I guess critical maybe not be the right word, but I think we expected kind of a dead eye shooter, and he just hasn't been that. And yet, 
the data says he kind of has. Oh, well, it's it's two point shots. I mean, I think he's uh, maybe first or second in the conference and shots around the basket. Yeah, he's like seventy percent or something. So it's yeah. crazy. Um, and he's got a pretty good, you know, mid range jump shot too. Yeah, um, yeah. That yeah. Uh, I didn't know he had that. Like he, they closed out real hard on him on that pump fake, and he dribbled, you know, into the, <clears throat> the free throw area and shot that the mid range. Yeah. I didn't think he had that. Yeah, it's a um, yeah. This team is it's just such a we've we've from the very beginning when we were even like back when we were kind of getting guys piecemeal as transfers like in the summer or whenever we were saying like this is a, such a strange team. We don't have guards. The guards that we have, we don't really rely on them that much to do things like Clarence and Malik. Uh, we have we play so many post guys. We can't shoot, but our shooters are our post players. Right. Bryson and O'Banner. Yeah. That that change that is a factor, you know. Um, when their bigs have to defend bigs really far from the basket, it changes a lot of things. Uh, we and so we, we're bigger than everybody, we're older, uh, and our, our wings are so big, you know, they're all six six. And we, you know, these little tiny angles for uh, arms, he can really take advantage on when a Kenjo is six foot one and has a bum tailbone and a sprained ankle or whatever right uh, it's just a tough matchup for them and it's just you know it, it was hard to kind of see it coming together when it, when the team was getting yeah put well i think that's because you kind of hinted at it there and i believe you said it today on redder sports but we do weird stuff you know like the roster is weird and you just said it like our shooters are our big guys we don't have like guard ball handlers. Like our wings are our ball handler. Like it's just, I think it would be weird to play against us because it's not, you're used to like a certain look of a, or skill set of a guy doing one thing. And that's not really how it works on this Texas tech team. Like when like Bryson, when he lines up for that, like pick and pop three at the top of the key, like I just expect that to go in when he missed one the other night, I was, I didn't know what to do with myself, you know? And like, that's not usually what you think of as your center. <laughs> right. And so another uh, compare, so to compare it to maybe our final four team or these Baylor teams of the past. And the reason why though it's a good comparison is because they, they run our defense, you know, yeah. or our final four team ran the same defense. We, those had, we had a lot of guards, uh, Mooney, Moretti, and then Baylor, obviously, last year. And then there was, like, a, a guy who was kind of a non-factor offensively, besides, like, Lobs, who was a, just an elite shot blocker. And Baylor had the two that they still have, one's hurt, and then we had Tariq. So then you compare it to our team, we don't have any guards, we don't have any shot blockers, but we defend the rim better than, arguably, even any of the teams that we're talking yeah. about. It's like, right. a, it's by committee, Um it's, it's just weird that running the exact same scheme, we can do it with almost completely different personnel. And it's maybe even, it's maybe even more effective because um, like the little parts of basketball that we're talking about where, that we use to overcome a lack of shooting, like the reason why we're good in transition is because we just have these six foot six guys who are all really fast and, yeah. and can run and finish at the rim. And so if it's an open floor turnover and we're off to the races, it's generally a basket. And then right. conversely, we can defend and transition well because of that. We can rebound well because we're big. Yeah. We can, <laughs> so uh, it's interesting that um, it, it, we've, we've talked about it. I just have to wonder if like Adams has kind of always wanted to, to play this way or is it just like how the, 
how the how it shaked out with the players we got? Like, did he intend to have a team that looked like this? Um, it, it, I'm sure there's some luck might not be the right word, but you know, just some favorable gelling maybe would be the way to put it. But I mean, these are the guys he targeted, you know, like we've, we've talked about it before, but you look at those like um, lists of top transfers before the season started. I don't think we had one in the top 10. And yet now I think we would, we might have two, you know, like I think the, he had a vision for maybe the model of player that he wanted and he got it. And that wasn't necessarily the, the biggest name. And, you know, it, it may, so I think maybe I could see it going both ways. Like I, he probably had this idea in his mind, but I do think there's been like, there is a nice chemistry that's developed that he probably couldn't have accounted for. Yeah. And another similarity, I think to uh, the, the final four team or one similarity is, you know, the ability to just kind of play any, way uh, we can kind of play fast if they want to do like an up and down game or we can do like a, a really slow grind it out affair um so we still have that which i to me is really important um yeah because in the tournament you know you like you, you if you can dictate your tempo or a pace on a team or play however they want to and still be effective you know, that's kind of important when you're i mean even i think you, you can either even point to um Agbo's minutes and it's almost an example of you know it's not necessarily playing any style but it's like you know we have a bench of guys ready to play I, mean, I, I was I was surprised that he played as much as he did but it's you like know, we, um, we were texting during the game and, and and you know I said it, it was just like he's not doing anything but at the same time like good things are happening you know and like yeah. he's moving the ball well and he was he was like a part of those you know dribble handoff weaves and it just looked natural yeah, I think, and Adam said he wanted a bigger guy there. Yeah, which he's he is. I mean, he's another really really big, girthy guy, and I, he shot terrible this year. But he can. Sh- I mean, he is a shooter. You know, yeah, it's, it's a, another right, guy right. that you have to uh, defend. Right. Um, but yeah, it's a. You know, I I was listening to Beard's media availability, and he he made it. He said Tech is the most talented team in the Big Twelve, but he he. Drew, he made a distinction. He said, if you go player for player, and, right. I, and I think like, you know, Kansas probably is maybe the most talented or maybe even Baylor, but they have like six guys. You know, I think right. what Barrett was saying is like, if you're counting all 10, the 10 guys who might play tech is the most talented. Yeah. Like who was that, uh, that, like that terrible man bun guy that Baylor threw in there. Like yeah, he had know. like three fouls in two and a half minutes. Like he could not play. No. And, and there's not a guy on Tech's roster like that. I mean, like Bacho, like how many minutes did, did Bacho get last night? Like, he only played three in the first half, I think. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. but, but another, but like against West Virginia is like he was the game ceiling player, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, Baylor was kind of a tough matchup for him, just all those little tiny guards. You know, they, they yeah, I was, I was going to ask you this when you were talking about rim protection. Because I think he has that in him. No, he he does. He he just doesn't play enough minutes to really. Right. And is it because in. the way like Baylor would get him out on the perimeter, like with yeah. switches and stuff? Probably. I think I think that's it. But it's also like, how are you going to take off the floor? I mean, you're right. If he's playing, that means uh, it's at the expense of Bryson or O'Banner. Right. Or, and that's tough to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I was thinking while you were talking about he's gonna be good though, man. He he oh, was yeah. it. I mean that 
He, he is has a, the best hands a, of any big man I've seen at Texas Tech. Yeah, no, he really does. And uh, he, he had a, a handsy putback last night. Uh, yeah. It was like a tough pass that he caught kind of low to the ground and finished really quickly. Uh, but he, he's got a chance to be like that shot blocker. That's yes. legitimate. Yeah. And, and he's just got – he's so skilled offensively too, um, which is – you just don't – that combination is pretty rare at, at this level. Um, when you were talking about transition, I, I said this last night, that steal, run out, dunk, like that's a – that Shannon had. That's about as signature of a play for a player that I've seen in a, like a long time. Like when I think about Shannon, like that's what I think about. Yeah. You know, like there – and it he's done it. It seems every like a time. hundred times yep. and it looks the same way every single time. And it's the same dunk. Like it, it, I was thinking it was, it was cool last night. Like that's, that's the Terrence Shannon play. Like I'll be saying that till I die. Like that's yep. the Terrence Shannon steal and dunk. Yeah. And that one was like maybe the best one because he like both him and the Baylor, I think it may have been this guy's name was like Bonner one of their guards yeah. and they had like an equal chance at the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Shannon just like shucked him just and I didn't destroyed him. And he jumped from pretty like I didn't I thought he was gonna have to turn that into a layup. Like he jumped yeah, from a long way. He almost he, shorted himself. Yeah. Yeah. I was I didn't know if he was gonna get there. It really is they all look alike. Yeah. And it's a uh he does it quite a bit. He's and it it, it can burn us sometimes. He's gambled on a couple of those that yes. uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, and it's um, he's somebody that's starting to play well, and which we it's timely with uh, McCuller out. But you know the dribble weave thing. I think I think a big part of that is okay. Well, Shannon's gonna have to play more. It creates him. It forces him to drive with his left hand to the basket. Yeah. Like there's yeah, no yeah. other. There's nothing else out of out of that action that he can do really. Yeah. Uh, and so he's effective doing that. And you have to it has their defense scrambling a bit because it, you can kind of see it coming like, okay, uh, after this handoff, Shannon's going to be sprinting to the basket. <laughs> what uh, are we going to do? <laughs> right. And so I think that's opening him up some, and he's, you know, still doing some kind of things that are frustrating, but I'm, I am kind of getting over that um, myself be, being frustrated with him because I, I do think he's, he's, his head is getting, you know, his head's in the right place. He's just trying to be super aggressive at all yeah, times, yeah. which is what we want him to be doing. And there's there's points like at the beginning of that Baylor game when, you know, shots weren't falling. And I, I think you might have been the one that said it in our text, but it was like, like if Shannon wasn't shooting, who else would? <laughs> you know, like it yeah. was almost like nobody could get a shot, but at least Shannon could get a pretty good look. And he was doing that a few times. Um, I thought it was interesting when there was a time when he kind of split two Baylor defenders and I think he expected a big man in the paint or just somebody in the paint and it just split and he had like a dunk and it was almost like he remembered I'm really good at driving the basketball because it seemed like a, a switch flipped and maybe and maybe it was more the the weave that you mentioned but it, it just seemed like he it was that one time where he was like nobody can stop me when I'm going left like it's very difficult and uh, it seemed to, to to kind of I don't want to say fix but he seemed to play more within himself after that yeah and he had five assists and he was you know to me, you know, like making the right play, you know, the, the one really deep three that uh, 
uh, O'Banner hit, like not, it wasn't a corner three. It was like a, a pretty kind of a contested one that was towards the top of the key, maybe like a 25 footer. Uh, Shannon passed it to him and it was like the only way he could have got that shot off is if the perfect pass on time was made. Yeah. And, you know, Shannon did it. And it, I hadn't seen that from him very much uh, to this point, making those kind of, like that's the kind of pass like McCullough was making right, for right. us. And so that's, that's good because sometimes arms play point guard for us and he is, yeah. he's been kind of hot or cold yeah. uh, in big 12 play. And so sometimes he's, he, if he's not playing well or not showing up and we don't have McCullough and, you know, Clarence has his limitations at times uh, we got to have, you know, we don't have guards, right. So yeah. we got to have somebody making plays, uh, O'Banner can't create his own shot. So, um, and, and Bryson can't throw it to himself in the post. Although Bryson is good enough to dribble into a post. Yes. Yes. He is. I want to see uh, more of that. I like catching it in almost like a triple threat look on the wing and then just backing his guy down because there's, there's too many opportunities where he has a guy he can beat and yet we just can't get the pass into him. Yeah. And that, that happened a lot last night. We, and you know, I think people say that McCullough is our most, our best player, maybe most important player. And that, that could be true, but you know, Bryson's probably, it's probably Bryson. I mean, he, yeah. everything we do offensively kind of arises from him, even if he doesn't touch the ball. Right. Because yeah. they have, they, they are so concerned about preventing him from catching it in the paint or on like for a post up every team we play, even back when like, Everyone was hating on Bryson and saying he was in a slump. We played Iowa State and lost. I mean, like their whole defensive plan was around Bryson, you know, doubling him. Uh, so it's, you know, it, it's everybody we play is going to defend him that way. Uh, but he has no, there's just no weakness for him. He yeah. does everything. He can, he shoots, he can dribble, he makes free throws, he rebounds, he can hold his own defending. Uh, it's just there's literally zero weakness in Bryson Williams. You know, they and part of it was because of how many threes they were taking, <clears throat> but they uh, rebounded much better in the first half than they did the second half. And I thought Bryson was noticeably more aggressive on the boards in the second half. Like, and it, for his size and I mean, the way he has to play, it's it's kind of his job. But it was nice to see that like he's not above that type of work. Like he was like, you know, th there were some very difficult rebounds that he was going after and getting that were, you know, limiting them to one shot. Um, and you saw, you know, like. I'm glad they didn't shoot more threes. And I know the end of games are weird, but I mean, like they can, we kind of talked about it before we hit record. Baylor can shoot and, and like, yeah. and Akinjo is really good. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. And maybe it was good that we played them in Texas back to back because there's some similarities with Marcus Carr and how good he is. Right. Yeah. Off the dribble. Um, because there's, I mean, both those guys are just so hard to guard. Um, do you think Clarence uh, made a difference on Akinjo? Like I saw you post that. I, didn't I did. I mean, he, yeah. he didn't play a lot, but I thought in the first, the first like 10 or 15 minutes, we were having problems uh, staying in front of him. And then we put Clarence in and Clarence is so physical, you know, I mean, the, I guess size wise, and a good athlete. Yeah. There's not a huge difference between Akinjo and Clarence, but I mean, in practice, you know, functionally, yeah. he's, Clarence is a, like a solid. So much, yeah. He's so yeah. much stronger and uh, you know the way they call the games we can kind of they let you put your hands on guys and 
I mean, that's what Clarence does. He redirects people. When, yeah. You know, you watch him guard. He can, he can like redirect you without touching you with his hands. He can put his chest on you and, yeah. and make you not be able to dribble towards the basket. And he was doing that. And sometimes it burns us and he can get fouls, but which he did. I think he had four fouls in like. Yes. I think, minutes. I mean, that's why, I mean, he had four fouls. Shannon had four fouls. Like I assumed that's why um, Agbo got those minutes and then they just went well. And so he played yeah. more. Yeah. I wish Clarence would not throw it to the other team. He but. does like to do that. Yeah. Um, that is his, cause like he would be this Marcus smart, which I know is a, probably a bad name to say on a Texas tech podcast, but he would be that level of point guard. where like, I'm not going to shoot it unless, you know, it's obvious, but I, I I'm just going to be a distributor, be a playmaker and play ridiculous defense, but he's not really a playmaker. No, not, not now, but it, he does have, you know, he can get to the, to the rim better than. Yes. Yeah. Most. I mean, that I drive he had, for the and one was impressive. I mean, people, yeah, he had one in Waco too, a similar yeah, one in Waco. I mean, people were just falling off of him and it didn't really impact his drive at all. Yeah. Well then, yeah. So we we're in a good, you know, I think we've got an opportunity now. Um, if you win, we'll have the Fort Worth two seed in Fort Worth by the balls. Really. If you win right. Saturday, yeah, uh, and it's but it's gonna be tough, you know. I I think Trey Mitchell being out is big um, for them. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that because he had been playing like he just hadn't really been playing that much. Hadn't been playing that much, but that's because Beard hates bigs, right? So and uh, yet, he, in terms of big for Beard, he actually was playing a lot. You know, yeah, like fifty true, minutes yeah. for Beard is a lot for a big to play. Um, and but I think maybe not for UT's matchup against other teams, he may not be as important. But for us, he is because. We have we play so many big guys. I mean, um, if you get any other uh, man, who's the guy from Creighton? I'm blanking on his name right now. They're uh, other, the guy we want, Bishop Christian Bishop. Yes, yes. If yes. he gets into foul trouble now, um, that could be problematic for them because uh, D- Dylan Dissou. I mean, he's just uh, I don't know what's going on. He, I think he got hurt and just isn't all the way there yet. Um, so yeah, I think for our matchup, Mitchell's pretty important but at the same time kevin mcculler is pretty important too right for us. yeah it's I, you know i was thinking about there's a bunch of those um there's a bunch of rumors going around about baylor having some injury problems and they didn't really um but you've seen tech play some of like our best basketball with some injuries <laughs> you know like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily totally make sense i don't know like it's almost like we have too many guys and so when when they're open minutes we you know people step up and grab them um but i mean i don't know i i don't i think you your entire your entire game plan if you're adams is stop marcus Carr, and then i you know or can do the best you can against marcus Carr, and i i feel like you have to like your chances yeah, I think I think we're gonna have trouble scoring. They yeah, have a yeah. really good defense, and uh, they'll slow it down. And so it'll be a half court game. That became know, but, frustrating in the in the game here. Like right. I, I kept expecting it to get blown open, and there just wasn't enough possessions for that. And luckily, we were making shots. And so, yeah. you know, if you don't, if we're not making shots, and it's the same kind of game, we might, we you know, we could struggle to score. Um, but. Hopefully we will make shots, but I agree. Yeah. On the other side, 
stopping Marcus Carr, definitely. And they've got guys that can get hot too, you know, shooting. Ramey, oh, yeah. Yeah, Jones. I mean, I, I almost – I think, you know, that kind of kept them in it to me in the first half here. You know, I think they had like three just prayers – that were answered against us uh, in the first half that kept that being from like a 20 point game at halftime. Um, and so, I mean, like it's, you know, tech fans want Texas to be bad, but I mean, you've not. been, you've been on the, you know, the leading this band, this train the entire time. They're not bad. <laughs> and we've no. seen it since, you know, since they've left Lubbock, have, they haven't lost, have they? They lost to Baylor. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but, that's right. Uh, yeah, no, they're not. They they and their defense. It's just their defense. Yeah, they're good defense, and they force a lot of turnovers. What's weird about what's been strange about our our offense and turnovers is so for the season. So this includes every game, including conference games. We've turned it over on nineteen percent of our possessions, which is two hundred thirty four out of three hundred fifty teams. Not good, but in the conference. We're playing much better defenses. We've turned it over on only 18, which is second best in the, in the conference. So it's kind of strange. You know, it, it was a problem that we talked about a lot yeah. in the non-conference. And then it hasn't been a problem at all since. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know why it hasn't. I thought maybe we've just been taking better care of the ball. I don't, because we're playing much better defenses. Yeah. But um, that needs yeah. to kind of continue. That is where I, I do. You know, I'm just trying to, you know, thinking on, yeah. And, you know, I wonder if McCuller, McCuller seems to have gotten better at the playmaking role as the season has gone along. So maybe there's some of that. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, we talked about it before. It's the, the Texas game here is just, you can't let them turn you over and you need to get some turnovers. Um, because, you know, I don't, I think if they turn you over, they're not going to run as much as we will if we turn them over. I mean, and we talked, I mean, that's how we basically opened this podcast was how tech scores in a bunch of different ways that aren't just half court sets. Yeah. Yeah. We rebounded, rebounded a third of our misses in the first game against them. Yeah. The only, yeah. You know, when we turn them over on 20% of their possessions and uh, we made more free throws than they attempted. You know, it was a, and then we, and we shot well, and we only beat them by ten, you know, or thirteen. That kind of that game that we, yeah, we said it a lot afterwards, like how impressed we were with UT, considering the environment, yeah, considering how well we played for that to have been a game, and then you know it was like a seven point game, I think, with right. a couple minutes left. It was it was frustrating because I mean. You saw it against TCU. You saw it against Baylor. There was this like back breaking run where you're like, all right, like game over. We got it. And you just couldn't get that against Texas because of the defense they play and the, the pace that they play. Yep. And yeah, I'm interested to see the crowd um, because I I don't blame them for for doing that. It, <laughs> at least I guess we'll just I think everybody knows it that listens to this podcast. But it seems like a while back some code was leaked or yeah. someone got the code. And Tech fans bought a lot, and it was only up for a little while. You know, we probably could have done a better job of like. More covertly, <laughs> yeah, when, when Barstool was tweeting about it, the yeah. cat's kind of out of the bag. So then suddenly they weren't selling tickets. And then on their website, it was the only game you couldn't buy tickets for. Yeah. And then like their customer service people were being like, you know, deflecting questions about it. And so that went on for a while, couldn't buy the tickets. And then suddenly you get an announcement from, from them that 
any student will be able to go to the game no matter what. And um, I think they said today, Brian Davis is his name, the Austin reporter said that yeah, um, yeah. they've kind of held off some seats in the upper bowl that will be uh, for students. So even though it's quote unquote a sellout, that probably won't be because I doubt students will show up to fill the student section plus whatever extra they have for an right. 11 game. And, it, you know, I was trying to think like for uh, when we played Florida in the round of 32 and American airlines and we had like, I don't know how I was trying, you know, there's that place seats 20,000. I'd say maybe we had like six or 7,000 fans there. Yeah. But, but we were, uh, and centrally located, you know, we were all together. Yeah. And it was super loud. I wouldn't, I would bet there'll be maybe 4,000 tech fans at the Texas game. It's so, it's so hard to tell. I mean, like if you were just to look at Twitter and Red Raider Sports, you would think it was eight, you know, like I, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to get a, yeah. a really but we won't good... be, we won't be, we'll be dispersed throughout the whole thing, whole place. I don't right. know if that makes it like, will it be louder or not as loud or, I, uh, I don't know what kind of environment it'll be. It's yeah, it's going to be weird, and it's especially weird because, you know, it was such a it's such a good environment here. I I, I don't know. Like, it'll just be an interesting. It'll be interesting to see how Mark Adams handles it, how the players handle it, because you almost had that emotional, um, I don't know, like release here, and yet you know it's two weeks later and nothing's really changed, you know, like, so it's just weird to not have that same hype for this game that was then. Uh, when, yeah. Uh, and I, I think they'll surprise, like, if, you know, we, we joke about Texas not caring about basketball and it's true. They've, they've kind of gotten better, um, but it was in spots where they should have been good, like Tennessee with Rick Barnes or Kansas. Yeah. But um, if you want to make them care about basketball, it's talk all the shit that we've talked. Right. Yeah act like animals at, in Lubbock and go crazy, be a top 10 team and, and be better than they are and talk all this noise about buying tickets. I mean, we will surely get their best effort from a oh, crowd yeah. yes. standpoint. Like, yeah, it's almost like, I mean, self-fulfilling prophecy isn't the right word, but it's almost like we created this monster. Like if, 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 they're, if you were just we're forcing them to care about basketball yes. a lot. Yeah, exactly. If it, it wasn't, for tech fans caring i'm not sure they would care um which is interesting but i mean we talked about like this is what makes it fun like it's weird that ut like made fun of our fans caring and then um like they don't want to be a rival like they don't want to call this a rivalry and yet like that's here they are not selling tickets to the game yeah and Mm -hmm. and, like that's kind of what college sports are about like this is the fun part of you know participating in these things like it's just it's a very they have really painted themselves into a corner that is not enviable for a college fan base but whatever um i just want to beat them again really yeah it's gonna yeah at the same time you know it feels like we should be kind of playing with house money a little bit, you know, a little bit. Yeah. You've had 20 to wins this week and you have already. Yeah. We have 20 wins. We're four and one against Kansas, Texas, and Baylor. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a really good seed in the tournament. And yet I'm going to be really upset if we lose on Saturday. We'll be oh, and, and, yeah. and at the game where we're playing on the road and we're going to be an underdog. Yeah. And it, we, it's, there's <laughs> the situation <laughs> creates this uh, spot for me where it's like, emotionally <laughs> really need to win this game. Yeah. 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 It's, you know. it's a, 
it's it's an i mean you could almost write a book about how weird this whole situation is between tech and texas and beard and all that um he deflected again today like somebody they asked him um you know are you is there a part of you that just like after saturday would be kind of just glad that's okay we got this behind us you know we yeah, played yeah. them there they played us here and thank, you know we can all move on he was like no you know it's just another game and he was like i talked to somebody in lubbock that i'm really close with i won't say their name and they asked me the same thing and i disagreed um you know it's that's not how i you know it's just another game and um but I, i'm ready to get this behind us for sure yes um i want to beat them i want to sweep them and just move on yeah <laughs> yeah there- yeah, exactly. I, and I, I think, I think that is, uh, that's exactly what we need to be. Is without question, if we get to Fort Worth, I, it seems like, so I don't have a, a, a really good handle on it, but it seems like. Um, and you're talking, just to be clear, explain what you mean by get yeah. to Fort Worth. Be the seed, you know. I, uh, like a, the, one of the regional, what do they call yeah. it? One of the brackets. I don't even right. know. So the, I think but, there's. The, regional host sites, or yeah, whatever regional called. host sites. They will, if they'll send two teams to Fort Worth and there's like six, maybe six other spots or uh, around the country. And uh, it's generally like the top, if you're in like the top four seeds uh, and you're located closely to somewhere, uh, if you're like out of all the teams that are also located around that area, if you're the top two, will go to that area. So, and it seems like for Fort Worth, it's Kansas, Baylor, Tech, and U of H. Yeah. And, and maybe Texas, you know, if they were to win out or something. Right. Um, yeah. And so we pretty much need to be the top, one of the top two seeds among those teams to get to Fort Worth. It seems like. Yeah. Um, and so we're kind of going against Baylor and U of H. Um, and, Kansas and that's why that, that sweep was so important to Baylor. Right. But just if we get there, we're going to be just such massive favorites to advance. And like, if you compare that to like having to go to Milwaukee or San Diego or something, it really, I think it really does make a big difference. Um, and I just want to be in that spot. Yeah. You know, like yeah. if we, like, I'm, I'm just, you know, I look at the odds, like right now there are 10 teams with shorter odds than tech to win it all, which is awesome. That's you're in a pretty good spot when you're in that, category but if we were to get to fort worth and have a path from fort worth to san antonio i mean we'll, we'll be like t- top six or seven yeah i mean short it, it, it made a difference in the elite eight run like <laughs> you know against florida against sfa uh, yeah. and it will again if i if thought it did in tulsa too yeah yes that's true i forgot about right that yeah absolutely so i mean i'm sure you know, I don't know if the team thinks about stuff like that, but that that's kind of should be the goal at this point is, you know, to get to Fort Worth. Um, so and and winning on Saturday, like you just outlined, is a huge part of it. I think we'd have it by the balls. I think we'd be, um, you know, we'd be like maybe seven, eight to ten point favorites in our two remaining home games, and then we'd be like four or five point favorites in the two road games remaining yeah. after this weekend. We won't be an underdog again, unless we play Baylor or Kansas in the turn in the NCAA or in the big 12 tournament. Yeah. What, before we get out of here, what's your thought on the, the title race, big 12 title race? We're not out of it. Is it basically just, you know, if you're thinking about getting to Fort Worth, you know, you're, you're basically accomplishing both. Yeah. Both things. Yeah. If we win out, um, even if we lose a game, but, it's not totally out of the question, but if we, if we went out, I think we'll get a share. 
Yeah. I think Kansas will lose two more times. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, yeah, I mean, Big 12 title, playing the NCAA tournament in Fort Worth. That's all. I mean, that's it. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Um, All right. Well, um, so who do we got? Uh, Texas on Saturday, and then what's the midweek game? I just closed out my schedule here. Oklahoma at home. What day is that? Tuesday. Tuesday. All right. So we'll be back. What about Joey McGuire and his recruiting class? I mean, number two, 2023, right? Yeah. Stop I mean, he's, I thought we would have like a, we would be recruiting well, but it's, it's pretty big. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty beyond my um, expectations. It's always like, I don't even know how to, I think I don't it's know, like, uh, uh, sorry. I'm, no, you're I, good. I don't, is there, I'd like to ask like a recruiting person, but you know, we have a ton of, there seems like we're getting good West Texas guys. And so is it, is part of it, like, is there just a lot of them in this particular class? There seems uh, to be more and more every class, uh, honestly. Yeah. And so I think this is just, I think it might be like this every year uh, going forward, like some dry, I'm sure there'll be some drier years than, than not, but yeah, it seems like we're benefiting from that um, more than normal. Uh, Cause it's not like uh, they're all from like Dallas or Houston. I mean, some of them are, but there's just a lot of uh, West Texas guys that we're getting. And of course you got to sign them. Right. And then you have to be living and uh, you have to survive and be breathing in the next three or four years when they're playing. <laughs> yeah. Football we're talking about. You I mean, hate high school recruits. These guys aren't we going know. to, we know. these guys aren't going to be on the field for a while, but yeah, it is exciting. I mean, it's, it's uh, I think it's the it, best way it for almost should be a bigger story. It should you know, be because yeah, really, yeah. As ba- I mean, like, Wells had, I mean, you could chalk it up to him just having a different recruiting strategy, but I also think he wasn't a good recruiter and his staff wasn't good at recruiting. Cliff didn't care, which may have played into the strategy because right. you yeah, suck at recruiting. Yeah, true. yeah. You know, Cliff just thought his offense was good enough to like make recruiting not matter. And so you ba- like tech basically hasn't been actively recruiting good high school players in almost like a decade. And McGuire comes in and in you know, four months as the number two recruiting class for the junior class. Like it's just, yeah. it's, it's it, wild. Right. And I think it was helpful to hire. He was, it's just a unique, um, really it's like the kind of guy we should always hire, but somebody who uh, it's not like he had to kind of go in and rebuild. I mean, he's a former high school coach. He's been, rec- was at Baylor and recruiting the same guys, you know, he's had relationships. I, I would imagine with a lot of the guys that we're getting that yeah. go beyond his time at tech. Oh yeah. And, and that well, includes it, his staff. And here's something too that I think is notable to point out is almost uh, half these guys weren't ranked when they were offered. Yeah. And, and then rivals get to look at them and it's not, it's not just the 5.53 star it's, Oh, these guys are good. You know? And then that's what we were sold is McGuire and Blanchard. They identify these recruits early and they get in on them early. They build relationships and they want to come to the school that they're at. And we're seeing that they're, they're as good of a talent evaluators as they are recruiters. It seems like yeah. so far we haven't seen them close. They but. seem to close just get guys to commit. Yeah. Cause I, th- I mean, even with Wells, you know, we would get guys, they'd come on, on a visit, but yeah. it was never really anything. Even that had. though. I mean, like these recruiting weekends that McGuire has had are ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I've, I've never really followed recruiting until like I started working for rhetoric sports and it's, it's unlike anything I've seen. So, and then also, I think we're leveraging 
the basketball program. Oh, and absolutely. The fan base. And, yeah. Uh, just how you, and know, you should. I mean, like that's smart. Is. Yeah. 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 It's, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Um, I mean, you think about it, like the other night we're top 10 team in basketball, knocking, sweeping the defending national champs. Um, you know, McGuire has the stat football stats there. They got the number two ranked recruiting class in the country. The greatest football player on earth is sitting courtside going, going crazy. Yeah. Our perennially ass kicking baseball team is like getting geared up to go play this national showcase at the Rangers ballpark. I mean, it's, it's not a bad time right now. No. Yeah. All the tech sports. It does feel good. Like in, in the, and we have plenty of time to talk about it. I started and I'm working on something right now. I, I actually think we'll be okay on the, on the actual football field too this fall. Um, because did, I think, did, I think Kitley right. is really good at what he does. Did, our, our buddy Ian Boyd at inside yeah. Texas. Did you see he did his like his long piece on, I saw it. I don't, I'm not going to read it. It's, but I did see it's, that. It's, it's quite positive. He, he has like a yeah. He's but I saw I saw uh, internet troll and friend of the podcast Ben Golan. He he. The only reason I saw that article existed is because Ben had like bullet pointed list of problems with it. So, of course, does that surprise you <laughs> at all? So that's that's the only reason I knew it existed. But Ben's um, sole existence is to troll. <laughs> no, but he is. He's like he and to be likes. trolled, troll and to be trolled. I think uh, Boyd is higher on a lot of guys than like I am on our team. Uh, he's yeah. like really high on Tyree Wilson and Merriweather and Hutchins. I mean, if you watched, if you just watched the if you just watched the Mississippi State game, you would be. Yeah, he 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 said in there that we almost beat Oklahoma State last year. I was like, what? I thought we gained like two first downs the whole game. But it, he's also uh, really high on our quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, I'm high on them as well. Um, you're not, I know, but I. <laughs> I just, I think it's the best quarterback room we've had in since Pat was here. I guess that's true, but you, yeah, there's you're, yeah, I guess that's true. I, I think it's just you think Schultz is so much better. Schultz, who's Schultz? Chuck? Yeah, you think Chuck is so much better than the rest of them. I don't, I don't think that. I think, okay, he's, that's what you I think he's got that much. I think his chances of starting opening day, okay, is way I, higher I than anyone really than any like normal tech fan thinks it is. Okay. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, um, I think it's insane that anybody thinks he's not going to start the first game. I don't I, – I agree with you, but Donovan Smith beat Mississippi State in the bowl game, and I know that doesn't always matter, but yeah, – like Keith Patterson pulled out his, you know, what in the bowl game. I mean, if we're being honest. Yeah, yeah, uh, you, uh, you, are, you are correct. Um, but like I said, I've been watching um, – like when I watched some, like I watched a bunch of Western Kentucky when Kitley needed a touchdown. Like I watched those drives, like what did he do? And he almost always scored a touchdown, you know, which is impressive, but my dog is building a nest over here. I'm sorry. But uh, if you can hear that scratching sound, um, but the uh, basically what I'm looking at is how he calls a game when the game is on the line, you know, like, not necessarily you have to go score to win, but the game's about to get out of hand or you need a touchdown to ice the game. And he is really good. Kitley is good at what he does. I saw – what did I send you? Uh, like second and long and first and 
uh, yeah, second long runs and first first down runs, like Kitley doesn't run the ball <laughs> or yeah. didn't run the ball because he couldn't, and so he and didn't. But then he the, the whole reason I started looking at these touchdown drives is because he uh, uh, you sent me that thing that he that Western Kentucky had like the third best touchdown rate of any school all season something yeah. like that and so i mean it's that's good. why i started looking at him like what is he and it's it is and it's a lot like cliff um but it's more practical i should say i think that's when the best th- way to put it when you think about it, that might be the most important thing is scoring touchdowns you know what i think you're on to something i think that's a good place to uh end this podcast with uh with that profound statement so um yeah, let's uh, let's go win a basketball game on Saturday. Let's beat Man City and let's get to Fort Worth. How's that sound? Huh? Yeah, don't worry about it. All right, we will uh, see y'all next week. But you walked into the spot. From here, it's potable. These nerds nerd out a lot. You're a big tech nerd, but you walked into the spot. From here is potable. These nerds, these nerds nerd out a lot. Go, Taylor. Go, Hunter. <laughs>